Apple lost almost 200 billion US dollars of market cap in just two days due to news of Chinese ban of iPhone use in government offices. But that sell-off was certainly a bit exaggerated. So welcome, this is Swiss Code's Daily Market Talk. So Apple lost almost 200 billion US dollar in market valuation in just two days of trading on the news that China would ban iPhone usage in government offices and in state-backed companies in China. Now, yes, of course, China is one of Apple's biggest markets as it makes roughly a fifth of its revenue from China. And it would obviously be a shame for Apple to lose its market share in such a huge marketplace. But I still think that the market has kind of overreacted to the latest news from China because I remember that when I was living in China, and that was back in before 2020 actually, well, Chinese government staff could already not show up at their work with their iPhones in their hands. So the chances are that if you are a government worker in China, you somehow already didn't have an iPhone, whether it was banned or it was not well seen. So in this respect, an analyst at Wedbush actually highlighted that the ban would affect around half a million iPhone sales over roughly 45 million sales that he expects the company to make in China over the next 12 months. So that's around a 1% hit to iPhone sales in China. Plus, another analyst at Evoco ISI this time said that the Chinese government wouldn't just go too far and too hard on Apple either as even if Apple is now moving its production to India today still most iPhones are still assembled in China and making Apple angry would cause many many job losses in China and we all agree at this point that Xi Jinping is not in a good position to afford more job losses in China especially at this moment. Now, unfortunately for Apple, its iPhone lost market share from 20% to around 16% between the first and the second quarter of this year. But iPhone's actually market share stands at 65% of the smartphones worth more than 600 US dollars in China, according to uh, IDC research. So that's cited by the Wall Street Journal and Huawei, the Chinese Huawei on the other hand, stands for around 18% of the sales of uh, smartphones of higher price range in China. So if anything, I believe that the latest sell-off that we saw in Apple shares could be an opportunity for buying a dip in Apple shares as Apple shops across China will hardly be deserted this weekend on the latest news. On the contrary, People love forbidden things, don't they? But yeah, Apple lost almost 3% at yesterday's trading session after falling more than 3.5% the day before. The share price is now just below the $180 per share level, while 38 analysts on CNN's business survey actually point at a median price expectation of around $200 per share for the Apple shares for the next 12 months and the 
high estimate actually goes up to $240 per share. Now, of course, when a technology giant like Apple, which has a market capitalization of nearly 2.8 trillion US dollars, sneezes, well, the whole market catches a cold in the sense the S&P 500 fell for the third day to 44.51. Yesterday, well, the Nasdaq 100 index slipped below its 50-day moving average. The Apple sell-off also affected suppliers and other mega cap technology stocks. Qualcomm, for example, well, fell more than 7% at yesterday's trading session. Well, Foxconn actually remained little impacted by the latest news from China. Now, zooming out from Apple and Apple World, well, the US small caps were also under a decent selling pressure at yesterday's trading session. The Russell 2000 index fell below its 100-day moving average and came this close to its 200-day moving average as the only bad news was not from China this week. The latest data also showed that the US jobless claims actually fell to their lowest level since February, defying the latest softness in the US jobs data. So that's good news being treated as bad news. I know other data also showed that the labor unit costs in the US didn't fall as much as expected in the second quarter of this year. But happily, happily, the US treasuries were not much affected by the latest jobless claims data in the US. The US two-year yield actually fell below the 5% psychological mark, although the US dollar index actually extended its advance towards fresh highs since last March. And while well, the sell-off in the Japanese yen slowed against the US dollar as the dollar yen pushed below the 147 mark this morning, and that despite a slower than expected GDP print in Japan in the second quarter. Capital expenditure in Japan fell 1%, private consumption in Japan fell 0.6%, making actually the case for a softer Bank of Japan more plausible. But yeah, the Japanese officials dare traders this week, remember, to continue buying the dollar yen toward the 150 level, saying that they would certainly intervene. So there is not much optimism for the dollar bulls on the Japanese markets. Now, the euro dollar, on the other hand, sees much, much more hesitation into the 107 support and into the next week's European Central Bank monetary policy meeting as the expectations in the market are quite mixed. Now, the base case scenario is still a no rate hike from the European Central Bank at next week's monetary policy meeting. And yesterday's morose growth figures from the eurozone also came to further push that option, that scenario forward. So no rate hike, a decline in exports forced a downside revision in the growth numbers. And we also know that German factory orders took a big, a massive hit uh, recently. And I actually found another graph where you can actually see the pain that the German auto industry is enduring just right now because the orders for the German car industry are down by almost 50%. So those are the levels that we already saw. Yes, but only during the COVID pandemic, for example, or the European sovereign debt crisis or the global financial crisis to say that they look quite alarming to me and to investors. But that weakness in the German economy or the overall economy may have little impact on inflation numbers. And the latest update is due this morning for the German inflation numbers. And any bad surprise that we may see in German inflation figures this morning could convince maybe some European Central Bank those that the European Central Bank may actually announce another 25 basis point hike 
when it meets next week. Now, the euro dollar lost enough field, in my opinion, so I expect consolidation and perhaps a minor correction into the European Central Bank meeting of next week. Now, the rising oil prices will obviously keep inflation expectations on the top side for investors and the central bankers. Now, yesterday, I actually got a message asking me whether it's high oil prices that cause high inflation, or it's the other way around, high inflation that causes high oil prices. Now, at the moment, I can tell you that it's clearly high oil prices that cause high inflation around the world because energy prices impact uh, almost all of our uh, living costs very broadly, actually. And a 30% jump in the crude oil prices in about two months only won't look good on inflation numbers. Because remember, at some point when inflation in the US started spiking, you know, last year, energy prices were actually accountable for more than half of price inflation. So yes, high oil prices or rising oil prices cause higher and rising inflation. Now note that it's possible to argue the other way around because there have been periods in the past, in history, where we actually saw high inflation coupled with higher oil prices. But that was mainly because the praise of strong growth, strong economic growth, increased oil demand while also increasing overall demand for uh, other goods and services in the economies. And that actually caused higher overall inflation. But today, you would agree with me that we are not in that setup. Global growth is slowing partly due to the energy crisis, mostly due to the energy crisis. So when you see higher energy prices, like we see today, it is not necessarily a good sign for the months to come. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and insightful messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend